So guys, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, good, good to be back. Good to be back. Alex and Levi in the house with me and Justin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, the last time we were in in the uh, our session, the last time we were talking about a lot of good stuff. We talked about uh, Levi coming to Baltimore, having his first experience with the with the guys on the corner, telling him to turn his music down. Yeah, we yeah. talked about uh, Alex. Um, having a sheltered upbringing, not being able to be an outgoing person and stuff. <laughs> being too Asian. Exactly. You know, yeah. um, we talked about Justin um, being in a situation where he was kind of made fun of by by people in the neighborhood, right? Didn't you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and then just, and I remember, I think I talked about um, an experience that I had where I was... Uh, walking down the street and someone just yelled out the window just you know calling me a name for mm. no reason but um all of us have had our little different situations that we grew up with and whatnot and i know that as we were getting towards the end there was a whole lot of things that we wanted to discuss and i know one of those things was that um we wanted to get into solutions you know what i'm saying we wanted to talk about what is it that you know we can do to uh, build towards racial reconciliation. What can we do to improve cities, stuff like that? Because if you notice, it's pretty much the major cities that are having the problems, mm. mostly. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a concentration of people. It's dense population. You know what I'm saying? That's where it really comes from. You got people up on top of one another. They in such certain circumstances where uh, maybe they don't feel that they're getting the right the best end of the stick so to so to speak or they um they're just not empowered financially economically um they're in neighborhoods where they're not really uh kept up well they're kind of treated like you know animals pretty much you look at a project you know the word itself tells you something about it and they literally did when they made these projects it was a project like they were trying to test stuff on people that's what they were doing and so that's why they call them the projects. And so they put all these people in a cramped up space and, you know, in some substandard units and stuff like that mm-hmm. and yeah. just watched it deteriorate, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So there are, there are things that were systematically done and so forth to cause what we would call uh, disparaging differences between ethnic groups, yeah. you know? And then when you even look back, you know, there was a... Uh, the thing about redlining, you've you've heard of that before, right, mm-hmm. Alex? Yeah. So redline, you know about that, right, Justin? So redlining is when mortgage companies they had section off sections of the city to say in this section we don't give them loans for mortgage, mm-hmm. and this one we do. So they made they section off cities to say this is where we give mortgage loans and where we don't give mortgage loans. That's what it was. Um, then you talk about Jim Crow laws. Do you, are you familiar with yeah, those? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. yeah, Jim Crow laws. And so when you think about it, like, specifically with African-American people, they weren't really seeing a type of freedom until 1960-something, when the Civil Rights Movement was going on. That was when they finally started to get a little taste of some kind of civility. Because before that, they were treated so badly that it was like they were still inhuman, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's where, when we go back and we look at certain things that was happening, they claimed that slavery was over, but 100 years later, 
we had to all of a sudden now try to get civil rights. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People yeah. like that. So, <clears throat> so the thing is, is that there was a lot of things that happened. And now, if you yeah. think about it, we're talking about 150 something years later mm-hmm. after <laughs> supposedly slavery ended. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 150 years later, yeah. and what do we see in America yeah, specifically? We're still separate. Exactly. In many ways. You see, and and that's the thing. It's like we gotta really, really take a look at what's going on and say, you know, where have we gone wrong? Where are we going wrong? What is it that's causing this separation? Mm-hmm. Why did? Why is it that one group of people seems to still think that they're better <coughs> than someone else or whatever? You know, mm-hmm. why is that existing? Right. <coughs> And one good thing about what I see with this generation, the young generation that's like between zero and 15 or whatever, what I see with them a lot of times is that they have more of an openness to other groups of people. And mm-hmm. it's like they are actually, you know, having what we I would call like an interracial friendship or whatever, you know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or um, whatever. It's like normal for them. It's not abnormal like it seemed to be back in the day. Um, <clears throat> so we see where things, you know, are still still a certain way in certain parts of society, but at the same time we see where, you know, there is a ray of hope yeah. among younger people. Yeah. Like, I know that the school that my daughter goes to, it's just a bunch of different ethnic groups together. Yeah. They all have creativity, mm-hmm. this, that, and the third. And they just mesh together, you know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, I've heard the argument of, you know, when segregation was ended, that that made things worse in some ways. Mm-hmm. Now, I have, yeah. I, I can somewhat see what people are talking about, mm-hmm. but it depends on what part you're talking about. You see what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. when you talk about like, um, like one of the things. I don't know the exact st- statistics, yeah. but they say, you know, a dollar circulates in this neighborhood or this community right. a certain amount of time before it leaves, and then another community a certain yeah. amount of time Wages before it leaves. Wages start to change. Exactly. But then they'll talk about, like, the ones that are not doing so well, the dollar leaves them real quick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that money doesn't circulate in that community mm-hmm. quick. Exactly. I mean, um, long time, it, it's quickly gone because of consumerism. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing I guess what I'm getting at is that we still are seeing certain ways that um, people in our society are not having what should be equality yeah. in those um, very important areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Alex, I want to start with you, man. Like, sure. let's talk about you know how is it that in your life personally have you like begun the process of what we would call racial reconciliation well um just to clarify like how did i like handle racism in my life pretty Mm -hmm. much um hmm well to be honest i never really had much of um well i think i talked about in the past podcast but um i never really had much like actual like racial uh encounters in my life so Mm -hmm. for that i'm fortunate but yeah like in my high school you know people saw that you know oh this guy's asian he has to be smart he has to be good at math and we talked about Mm -hmm. that too i think there was another situation where you know as um i was going from elementary school to a middle school you know apparently people yeah apparently people thought i was this other guy so um like there was this other kid named harrison from another school who was uh also really smart 
and he also wore glasses and had spiky hair like I did. So they were like, oh, it's Harrison. I'm like, no, it's like, it's Alex. It's just someone different. <laughs> and it's like, oh, but you look just like him. I'm like, <laughs> you know. Was he Asian? Yeah, he was Asian. Asian. Yeah, some Chinese guy who was taking honors math, and I was taking honors math, and we one time sat next to each other, and they were like, yo, y'all not twins or something? I'm like, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're completely different. And it's like, yeah, I was like, and then someone, I think it was probably out of observation, he didn't really think about the stereotypical underpinnings until later on. He just was like, man, all Asians do look alike. He's just, I'm just saying. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like, well, so I would say to that extent, you know, there was a lot of stereotyping involved in my life. You know, and then as a result, like, there was a lot of social interactions that were not normal. Where it was like, people thought I was just a celebrity. I was this Asian who was cool in that way. I was really smart. But, you know, in terms of having a normal normal friendship with people where I can interact normally at the lunch table, everyone had to, like, think I was a, such a big deal. It was almost like being a celebrity. Like, people mm-hmm. can't interact with you normally. Because you were rare. Yeah, I was rare. So mm-hmm. that's why it's like, you know, when I was in the classroom, whenever I did well, everyone would be cheering my name. It's like, ding, 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 and doing stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I remember just thinking that like, you know, it was cool. I didn't mind people like, you know, thinking I'm like this, you know, celebrity kind of figure. It was just like, it was different though. It was definitely like, um, not to say that, you know, I had also social interactions because of course my childhood, I wasn't really allowed to hang out that much. So, you know, though that kind of, um, that kind of environment, um, that kind of like very, uh, what do you call it? That celebrity type environment was the only kind of social experience that I was that I was used to until college, when people actually began to be more normal, you know, act more normally. We began to have more normal interactions. You know so, I mean? so in other words, you haven't had a reason for what we would call reconciliation with anyone, right? However, have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you felt the need to kind of um, almost overextend yourself to someone to show them that you were nice and that you were accepting of them even if they were of a, another <clears throat> ethnicity or something like that um no i th- not not for me directly um, okay. i was t- i've been taught <clears throat> by a lot of people particularly folks like mexicans or blacks who have encountered those situations mm-hmm. they talk to me about it and uh you know i remember listening and um yeah and i was like wow it's like you know that I know, it's like, those are pretty tough situations, and uh, I would say, to that extent, like, I was well-educated about, mm. race, about race and reconciliation, mm. but I never had an experience directly for myself. I think it was more like, you know, everything was just kind of more all fun and games for me based on my race, um, okay. uh, but I know for other people, you know, it was a much more serious matter, mm. <clears throat> and, um, you know, and I take that very seriously. Like, it's something that I was also pretty, like, pretty serious upon, I think we talked about it last podcast too was bullying i'm not i have zero tolerance for bullies like i throw down if people are starting to bully other people and i observe that a lot in high school you know it tends to happen so i'm like you know when they throw down and it's like i you know i i get in there and i and i, and I act like i know kung fu i'm like getting in their face i'm like like and you know, i was kind of short at the time but i was like at the time I, yeah I was kind of short but I was physical I, I was gonna keep my mouth shut. yeah I will say that much you know what so. and he's still been short yeah. since. <laughs> all Asians are short okay Justin no whoa, whoa, not, I'm joking, whoa. I'm, joking. I'm, joking. Hey, I'm gonna tell you you know what I would tell you something like what? when I was younger yeah I used to think 
most Asians were short mm -hmm. only because of movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seriously. I'm joking. Yeah. Like, the movies would make all of them look like they're short, right? Yeah. And then you go to a restaurant and you'll see the short lady, you know, serving the Chinese food or whatever. Yeah. So, that's what I was used to. But then, I encountered Koreans. Yeah. <laughs> and Koreans, a, a lot of them are taller. I even have one at my job. He's taller than me by at least an inch, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, dang, yo, this dude is tall, right? So, and then, you know, but the point I'm making is that um, even with the differences of different types of Asian people, right. there's differences in their body types and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen a difference in how, um, tend, I've seen, well, and again, this is kind of uh, just one type of observation. It's not complete or even all-inclusive <laughs> right. but I've seen where certain types of Asian women are thicker than other Asian women you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying yeah like their, their, their calves will be thicker their thighs they kind of more like muscular looking a little mm -hmm. bit yeah. you know what I'm saying and then there'll be other ones that are really small skinny. and skinny and just you know what I mean so and I don't know which is which I'm not even going front <laughs> like I do because I don't but I'm just saying I noticed those differences and it's like something that is common throughout that group of people, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Okay? I so, can agree with that. So there are things that, you know, we can we can say are somewhat uh, things that do go with a group of people. Um, mm -hmm. But here's the thing that's so ironic. In America, the reason why we can't do that with certain groups of people is because there's so much mixture. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you look at African Americans, a lot of them, uh, first of all, they might be, their their lineage may come from different parts of Africa. So different people yeah. in different parts of Africa do not look alike. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I know. They have different heights and all that kind of stuff. You got the pygmies that are like this small. <laughs> right. And you got those guys that are like Manute Bold that's like seven feet tall. You know what I mean? So it's differences. Mm -hmm. Um, Same so, with India. Yeah, well, exactly. India, Pakistan, Middle East. I mean, it's kind of funny that um, even within even within the states, people talk about, oh yeah, you know, you can always identify different people from where they are in the states. Mm. Um, you can you can always for you can always uh, kind of guess by body type and wherever else, and you can kind of nail nail down and gauge it generally when you live here. And it's always kind of cracked me up where people are just like, yeah, but just Asia as a continent. <laughs> yeah. Completely the same. And you're uh, like, no. they all do it. Wait a minute. <laughs> and, you, and you look at it and you take it. You take the U.S. as another example, and you take North America as a continent, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, completely different all over the place. Uh -huh. But Asia, <laughs> Asia, one thing, it, it's, it is a, it's absolutely bizarre to me how, mm -hmm. how people can, uh, how some people can uh, decide to say, oh, yeah, this is completely different. This is all completely completely the same. It's hypocritical. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, I mean, if you jump over to Europe, it's the same thing. It's like you can tell different people from different countries yeah. and how they're built and how they speak and everything yeah. else. Mm -hmm. You can tell all of the differences and the richness and the cultures mm -hmm. and all of yeah. and how people look and the paleness of their skin or the dark or the mm -hmm. darkness yeah. of their skin mm -hmm. or whatever else. Yeah. But still, for some reason, Asia has that. <laughs> All Asians are alike. Uh, just it, it's it's weird. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like everything gets kind of lumped together. Yeah. And the funny thing about that is that 
India is part of Asia. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. Indians don't look nothing like a Chinese person. Exactly. <laughs> as a matter of fact, this is something I notice about India. They go from as looking just like they're African all the way up to looking like they're white. That's the range between That's true. the colors oh and the textures of hair and all that. That's like crazy. Like their features, their physical features. Mm-hmm. And I've had people... You know, I look like everything, it seems, except for European. Yeah. But, um, you know what I'm saying? But pretty much, I've had people that they get me, they'll, if I'm around the Indians, they'll be like, so what, are you from, what part of India are you from? I'm with a Palestinian. Where part of Palestine are you from? You know what I'm saying? It's just <laughs> funny how people be thinking I'm from different places. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I just got a universal look or something. You're just yeah. vaguely yeah. ethnic. Yeah, wow. exactly. Wow. So okay. it's what just if? funny. Like, if I'm around Dominicans, I'm Dominican. You know what I mean? Wow. Egyptians That's have hilarious. thought I was Egyptian. I've had Moroccans think I was Moroccan. Ethiopians think I'm Ethiopian. Wow. It's crazy. But um, the That's funny thing about it, though, is that, again, kind of in America, <laughs> we have so many mixtures. We don't have a distinct ethnic group here. You see what I'm saying? In in America, it's not all one ethnic group, so you can't say, well, you must be from here, or this is one, you know, you look like this because you're American or something like that. We can't do that because we have an amalgamation of people. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go, like you said, to Germany, there's a lot of things I could be like, oh, I could tell they're German. I know what a German looks like. I know Mm -hmm. what they dress like in certain cases, you know? But then you go to France or something, it's different or whatever. So I, I get what you're saying, man. Yeah. And that's because they're just kind of like, they're not as mixed over there in those countries as we are in America. But this is called the melting pot. So, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. or more like their styles are all this universally the same. Like mm-hmm. in terms of clothing, it is actually quite universal between Japan, Korea, and China. Yeah. So the only reason, the only thing, the only difference you can tell is by maybe. Like makeup, like cosmetics and hairstyle. Like oh, I would say, yeah. like it's stuff like that. Like I would say, in terms of like fashion, it's definitely a difference between China okay. and Japan and Korea. Um, mm-hmm. Japan and Korea, it's also hard for me to tell. I can't really tell. Although Korea, they do take fashion to a whole new level. Like to be honest, the only way I can tell if someone's Korean versus Japanese or even Chinese is by their fashion look. If they ha- oh, if they're wow. dressed fashionably mm-hmm. in a certain way. Um, then it's like, okay, it's like maybe this guy is Korean or maybe Japanese, which is weird mm. though, too, though, because mm. sometimes that can be off guard. I think I mentioned this last time as yeah, well. You did Someone thought I was that. Korean. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, because yeah. apparently I, I was cute enough to look the part. <laughs> did I mention that part? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you said the cute part, but. <laughs> uh, they were like, oh, I, I thought you were Korean. It's uh-huh. like, you look you look very cute. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, it's yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, thanks. I'm like, oh. A guy said that too. It was a male. We could tell by your voice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as as well as with Korean culture, from what I've seen, dude, don't quote me on this. Right. Like that that sort of comment seems to be just a little bit more normal. It is it actually is, like yeah, uh, just the the idea, the ideas, and sort of the roles that that both sides uh, play, that both genders kind of fall into. Right aren't nearly as rigid as they are over here mm-hmm. um, in America. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something, man, that, um, that's interesting. And I want you to speak to this. Okay. First of all, when it comes to people in China, mm-hmm. or not just China, but anywhere in the Asian continent, right? Right. I, I, 
I never, I guess, had a reason to try to study to know the difference between them. It was like, I mean, I meet somebody, what are you? And, you know, it just bothers me when they get offended because I don't know what they are. And I'm like, where are you from? Can you please tell me where are you from? You know, and they'll be like, why? Because we all look alike or something like that. I'm like, no, I don't know where you're from. I would ask anybody that question. Yeah. I ask him that question if I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? That's just like one of the first questions an American would ask somebody. Right. What's your name? Where are you from? That's the second question. You know what I'm saying? (sighs) But as as a Chinese person, I need to ask you this question. Okay, because this has come up in some historical things. Sorry about that, fellas. That's how I'm taking your phone for the podcast. I know, right? I was like, it does like build up there. Okay. <laughs> train, train professionals. Nothing but train professionals. Sorry about oh, that. bro. I, yeah. I forgot to tell everybody to turn off. Anyway. Oh, so, okay. um, what I want to know is, what do you know about the, eight, the Chinese people that are basically, they look like they could be a mixture of African and Chinese. African and Chinese? Meaning they have dark skin, but they have your eyes and your type of facial features and all that. Wow. Um, Well, I think I know what you're talking about. Well, well, I mean, I think um, based on like, I don't think, I don't know if it's Chinese people in particular. I know that maybe there's a difference between people who are Singaporean and Malaysian definitely have darker skin. No, uh, these are people in, in China. China. I'm uh-huh. definitely talking about China. Okay. Um, well, There's historical evidence of this, too. Right. But I'm, oh, just, really? I'm asking you because you are Chinese. Yeah. Um, well, I'll be honest. I'm, maybe I don't have that much knowledge of that area. Okay. I just know that, I mean, the vast majority of the people are Han Chinese. So they look yeah. kind of like, you know, they have the normal, like, mm-hmm. the you know, Chinese, you know, they have, I mean, I always say the normal Chinese looks. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. No, um, no, no, I got But you. it's like, but, you know, it's almost like Native Americans here. There's also the, indig- yeah, the yeah. indigenous population. And yeah. I think, yeah, we mentioned that last time. So, yeah. um, the, I don't know about the Afri- the, well, the, the Chinese people who are like, who have African dark, colored skin. I'm, dark, dark well, skin, huh? Yeah, let's, let's just say dark skin, because mm-hmm. dark skin doesn't mean African, as we spoke right, about exactly. the Indians. Yeah. Indians can be dark, Palestinians, yeah. Pakistanis, you know, you go right. to Iraq, they got dark people over there. I mean, it's just anywhere in the East, whether it's Africa, what we call the Middle East, India, even in Thailand, Taiwan, yeah. they could be dark. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still Asian. You yeah. Know it's what I'm like, saying? you know, what's the story so, about black? Yeah. It's, like, it's really not, yeah. it's really not about a certain ethnic group. It's mm-hmm. about that's their complexion, you know what I'm saying? And certain people with different areas, and when you think about it, when you look at the regions and how up in this part is colder, and then down here is hotter, Yeah. then obviously, you know, there's a difference in color, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing that we gotta realize, that anybody who's close to the equator is gonna be darker than somebody far up north in the Arctic or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way it is um, for the indigenous people to that area. Yeah. Um, but uh, so when it comes to uh, solutions to racial reconciliation, Levi, like what kind of what kind of in your personal life have what kind of situations have you been in where you would say, OK, this is kind of like my I've been doing this to bring racial reconciliation in my my particular life and, you know, doing what I can do on my end. I mean, it's, uh, 
I mean, sure, ask the one white guy in the room that question, but... Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask him, too. I'm going to tell uh, you what I've done. <laughs> but I, the, the, fact, the fact is, I was always... I was raised and I was always told you treat everyone equally, no matter, mm-hmm. no matter what, no matter the person, no matter their situation. You give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Wow. And at the... And at... At first, everyone deserves a base amount of respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If someone, if there's a human being and they're currently breathing and alive in front of you, there's certain, there's an amount of uh, decency to that person. Mm-hmm. It's like, the fact is, if you talk to them, you look them in the eye. If you, all of, all of these sort of things are just given to you because you exist as a person in front of me. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, everything else is just a matter of trust and a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It's like I... I guess I don't really think about, I don't really uh, think about reconciliation as much as I just think about treating people right. Treating people correctly. <laughs> I mean, the fact is, is that everyone deserves an amount of respect. Right. That yeah. the mm-hmm. person, the person sitting across from you, gets up in the morning. They put their pants on the same way you do. They, they get up. They, uh, they have their breakfast. They kiss their significant other, and they go to work for the day. They come home and they do the same thing. It's like the fact is, no matter who you are, you have common ground with that person. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you, man. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Even though you might think that that's just normal and it should be, um, that's still special in this world we live in, especially in America. You know, um, the fact that a person would just say, you are a person, I'm going to just treat you with respect just because of that, you know, that's a big deal. And the thing is, is that like, this kind of made me think of something though, when you said that, because I think about when I go to 7-Eleven in the morning and I'm trying to get something out of there real quick and there's a guy out there begging me for something. He's young, I know he can work, but he just ain't. Now that bothers me. Mm -hmm. I don't care what color he is. I don't care where he's from. What I care about is you are healthy, you can work, and you're just gonna stand here begging me for something. I don't respect that, and I don't respect you for that. Mm-hmm. So get out of my face. Wow. Go find some job to work because the Bible says that a man that doesn't work shouldn't even be eaten. Mm-hmm. That's strong. Yeah. It even says that if he doesn't take care of his own, that he's worse than an infidel. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Yeah. Wow. So my point is that you know, when I look at people, um, you know, again, I I have the same sentiment yeah. you have is that whenever I meet somebody, I give them respect mm-hmm. just because they're a person. Yeah. I don't care if they're a custodian. I don't care if they're the president of the United States. I will treat them with the same level of respect. I'm not going to treat the president better than I treat the custodian. They're going to get the same respect. Okay. The thing is, where that where that can change is when they interact with me, how they deal with me. Now that's going to determine yeah. if it continues to be that way. Yeah. Because I'm gonna tell you like this: if a person treats me with disrespect, I will know it, and that's gonna cause me to deal with them differently. Yeah. Not saying I won't uh, 
do what's right by them, so to speak. However, <laughs> I will definitely withdraw from you know trying to build anything with them or whatever. Wow. It's just not going to go <laughs> any further. Wow. I'm going to give you the basic general respect that I should give everybody, yeah. and that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going any further unless the Lord tells me to do so. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, of course, that's and that's uh, what I was saying. It's a matter of trust exactly. right. for later exactly. on. I mean, because yeah. the thing is, it's like, look, the fact is, uh, there, it's, a, it's one of my favorite sayings, and it's something that, you know, I think a lot of uh, people can relate to. There are some people that you would trust with your life that you wouldn't trust with 20 bucks. Yeah. Right. And there are some people you would trust with 20 bucks you would not trust with your life. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Which fact is, like... is is that you trust different people for different things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You would, and it's just a matter of time and how much you're willing to trust someone. Mm, I agree, yeah. And but, yeah. but at that base, at that base, there are certain things that people are afforded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just out of basic, basic respect and decency. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of those same things. Is that uh, kind of kind of a weird kind of a weird thing with uh, with modern with modern culture that I personally noticed. Uh, we we somehow give more respect to animals than we do to people. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. The fact the fact uh, is, it's like uh, when you see an animal, your first uh, your first idea is not running up to punt the animal. Uh-huh. You see a cat on the side of the road. You don't just think to yourself, "I'm going to kick that cat." It's like the thing is, <laughs> most most people don't think. Yeah, most yeah, people. Most exactly. people. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it's uh, always exceptions to the rule, of course. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> the fact the fact is, I believe I believe that there are base there is a base of desire within people to treat to treat each other with decency, mm-hmm. and I think that. And I think that everyone's first reaction is typically decency until they are convinced otherwise. Right, exactly. I think uh, what really changes and what really sets people apart from each other is what happens when the average situation would say swing away and when you have to make the decision to not do it. Yeah. And I think I think that's uh, really what defines people. It's what sets... It's what kind of sets people apart. Is what is how you react in those tougher situations you were mm-hmm. talking about. Well, you know, here's the thing that I felt about people that typically have something against another ethnic group. They had a particular experience that was bad, mm-hmm, and, right. and they used that to define a whole group of people. Man, I got robbed one time by this African American dude. African American. I don't trust no African American. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So now it's all African Americans, right. no mm-hmm. matter what. Yeah. You just don't trust them because one guy robbed you. Yeah. Like he's the representative representative of a whole, group, a whole of people, group of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the ignorance that a lot of times we see behind racism. Mm-hmm. Because right. it'll be that one experience, you know, it could have been they went to this Chinese restaurant and they got sick off the food. I don't trust no Chinese food. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, man. It's one restaurant. Just one restaurant. You know right. what I'm saying? You had a bad meal. It happened. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and my thing is, is that it's one thing if an experience happened with this one person. Mm-hmm. And let's just say that same person kept robbing you. Now, of course, that person, you got to watch them. Mm -hmm. But you can't put all of what that person did on everybody else that looks similar to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so that's the thing where um, even with 
you know, African Americans, I, I know I've heard many of them, they will have a certain prevailing thought about Caucasians. And they'll just be like, man, I don't trust them. And it's like, what do you mean you don't trust them? I mean, I don't say go trust everybody, but you know, you gotta take them for who they are, whoever right. that individual is. Yeah. And you gotta watch how that person is to you personally. And then you say, okay, well this guy, he's good. He's cool, I like him, he's whatever. But that one, uh, I don't trust him over there. That's different, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, I feel like the problem that a lot of people have when it comes to racism is that they group a bunch of people in together based on one or two or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Out of millions. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, you got millions of people on this planet. Two people right. made you think a whole bunch of millions of people are just bad. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, and they're afraid to trust them. But God tells us not to operate in fear. But exactly. it's like, you know, it's our encounter. You know, remember what Chris Patrol talked about? It's uh -huh. like our encounter with God is what So what about you, Justin? I mean, like, in what ways do you feel like you brought some kind of racial reconciliation or that you're working on that? Um, well... I actually got two things to think about. So let me answer those first. Um, the first thing I'm thinking about is that, so I grew up uh, in the public school system, so I was exposed. A lot of my, I actually had a number of friends that I can think about which were different ethnicities, you know. Um, so that kind of gave me a different filter. I'm just remembering now, like one of my best friends growing up was a Caucasian guy, but he looked kind of mixed with something else. I'm not really sure what it was. That was why you would trust him, wasn't Yeah, so like, and then during high school, uh, one of my best friends, Vietnamese, well, actually my close circle of friends, we were kind of a mix. So one of them was Vietnamese, another one was from Liberia, mm -hmm. um, the other one was African-American, but um, we had kind of a harsh parts, and I was always over my Vietnamese friend's house, so I was kind of exposed to their cultures, their food, you know, when he would talk to us. Because his mom and his grandmother don't know English that well. And so, you know, that was a whole different thing. And um, for for um, for a little while, I was actually helping his grandmother learn English. Oh, so, cool. you know, I got really exposed to him and stuff like man. that. Did so, you learn Vietnamese when you were with him? <laughs> no, I wish. That's all. Oh, wow. That's I'm I surprised. Doing. I mean, you were around that much. I would have thought you would have learned. What about <laughs> that guy from Liberty Heights? What you mean? Oh no, Liberia. Same thing. Same thing. You know what? Oh, they man. had actually been. He had actually been here since he was young. So they had been here so long that they just spoke English. Okay. Them, you know. Yeah. Um. But of course, I got exposed to the food. So like, even from a young age, I was always exposed to different, you know, ethnicities and cultures. Mm. And so, for me, you know. It's just kind of looking at it like, you know, like, understanding what racism is, you know, because they taught it to yeah. us in the school system, but yeah. like, thinking about, like, wow, some people are just really, really, like, crazy. But now, getting older, I'm starting to think, like, because now I'm starting to ask other questions, like, what role do, does the church play in racial reconciliation in a world where we know that everybody hasn't accepted Christ. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, uh -huh. to me, it's almost like, like, okay, so one of the problems with race you were saying is just like people, you know, they want to lump people together because of fears or because of bad experiences. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, 
I mean, if you look back through history, racism has existed in most part because it's profitable. You know, like even if you think back to um, even just taking a story from the Bible, you know, the Jews were enslaved by the Egyptians for a number of years because it was profitable. You know, it was forced labor. It helped them out, you know, and then you look back like it was the same with other cultures like, you know, the Babylonians, the Greeks, the like you can go through almost every civilization and see at some time slavery. Well, and racism was so. So let's let's. I want to I want to keep on that line, but I want to say something because when I hear that, I don't hear racism. What I hear is there's an economic benefit to putting somebody else down while I'm up. You see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I, I was I was going to say that I, and I I don't disagree with you, but at the same time I slightly do because the because the thing is is that I think. I think uh, slavery is profitable. Slavery is, of, of course, yeah, of, course of course, slavery yeah. is profitable. Yeah, it's right, free. It's free, free labor. labor. Exactly. Um, yeah. The thing is, is that what I don't. Racism, racism grew out of the slavery. I don't think it was the other way around. Yeah. It's because yeah. the because yeah, the thing exactly. is when you equate when you equate someone when uh, you're ruling power says these people work in the dirt and that is all they do and we do not pay them um and they get everything second Mm -hmm. well what then spins into the culture is we're superior superiority right it's not i don't think racism creates slavery it's rather that it's the other way around it's the it's the equating of one thing to another. The thing is, is that people kind of say like, uh, kind of, kind of a weird example, but, but I, I don't know. I feel like it's apt. Um, if someone, if someone talks about, uh, like a uh, Pinto. Pinto was not a very, it was not a very good car. It exploded if you rear-ended it wrong. Yeah. The fact is, because of that, people have labeled cars that are really rough as the next Pinto, or they've drawn a comparison to that. The thing is, it's not, it's not that because of bad car hate, the Pinto exists. Yeah. Someone didn't intentionally go out to make it, it's because of of the fact that this was a reality, this became a thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, I uh, don't think uh, that, that's not to say that the two aren't intermixed. Yeah, Yeah. But I think that I think that racism often uh, comes after after slavery. after slavery. Yes. Well, I don't think I'll, there's an ex- I don't to think an extent. Yeah, yeah. to yeah. an extent. Yeah. Mind you, it depends. It depends on the situation and what time in history it was. Yeah. I think because the, there the, are for the Egyptians yeah. and the Jews, there was a reason why the Egyptians had you know. Yeah. Because so I, let yeah. Justin, let Justin. See I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. I mean that's a good point, but I'm just looking back at history holistically. Like there, there have always been, like, I mean, you know, you think about like how Jesus said, like nothing comes out of the mouth except what's been in the heart. Like, I don't believe. I don't believe beliefs stem from systems primarily. They, 
systems always stem from beliefs. Always, like just like actions come from beliefs. You know, I I don't think you can ha I don't think you can enslave someone until you've dehumanized them somehow in your heart already. Yeah. So to me, it's like racism. I mean, because even if you don't have say. Uh, overt system of forced labor you may also you may already have other expressions of discrimination that aren't you know operating on that same level so you might have economic discrimination you may have and i can talk about redlining you may have um um living situations where certain people are are kept out of certain areas of of your land you know certain you know subdivisions um so you may have different like and but i think i don't know i think it all stems kind of like from ethnocentrism and just selfishness like because whenever whenever <laughs> whenever a majority gets in power whether that majority is wealthy or whether they're all whatever they all have in common they're gonna they're gonna discriminate against those who do not have that same thing in common so if they all have that race in common they're going to discriminate against people who don't have that in common. If they all have that wealth in common, they're going to discriminate against people who don't have that wealth. If they have a religion in common, they're going to discriminate against people who don't have that religion. Mm -hmm. I want to speak to that, too, mm -hmm. because in Africa right now, that's going on, where the, I don't know exactly what they would call them, but the guerrilla dudes that, are, um, that got all the guns and the weapons and everything, they're mistreating all the other people because they're the ones that got the weapons and they're in power. And then they'll cut other people's hands off, arms mm. off, whatever the case may be, like that movie Tears of the Sun. You know, stuff like that. They're doing stuff because they have the power. That's not because of a race, because they're the same race. But because they got the power and they've, they've got certain things in their heart, then they mistreat other people based on that power. Now, I want to just read the, the definition of racism real quick so we mm. all are on the same page with this. So according to this, it says racism is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you look at that, specifically, let's say from the American context, um, people who came over here who claimed they discovered America, <laughs> even though people were already here. <laughs> yeah. They came here and then they started driving people out of their land and then taking over, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, now this is our land, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is, but then in the same, in, along those lines, then they started calling the people that were here already savages mm -hmm. because they didn't do things the way they were doing it. Right. You know? So the point is, is that, um, if people of any, it doesn't, and this isn't even about what ethnic group they are, it's about the fact that in their heart, they feel like they're better than somebody else, you know what I'm saying? And when that happens, it could be any group of people that's ruling. And when we look back in history, we could see where the Asians were ruling, uh, a certain group of Asians were ruling at one time. Then we could also see where Africans were ruling at one time. And you know what I'm saying? Like where there's the major what they call dynasties or whatever the case may be, and we could see where they were ruling the earth. Then Rome was ruling the earth, you know what I'm saying, or whatever, right. and now it's just a whole different type of system all the way around. But then you find different things in pockets in different countries as well. So specifically to America, since that's where we live, we can say that a lot of this 
stuff that we're dealing with now, it came out of the slavery situation mm-hmm. because, um, in general, Caucasians that were around during that time, they felt like they were better than the Africans who were right. slaves. Yeah. You know? Well, I can go wherever I want, but you got to go where I tell you to go. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So that was a thing that was kind of now yeah. being put into kids even because a kid would see if I said something to that person that's grown, then they got to do what I tell them to do. You see it's what I'm saying? Crazy. And if a kid is growing up with that and that's all they know, then that's even more so like putting yeah. that in them like I can do whatever I want, say what I want, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. And then until somebody comes along who, for whatever reason, they have a different way of thinking. Right. Like those people who were abolitionists. Yeah. I don't know why they became different thinkers than other people. I don't know what caused them to be like that. Right. I but think... that was a part of changing a mindset of a society. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it was like, there's a definition between racism and uh, what is it? I would say the term is like almost like along the lines of anarchism, like mm-hmm. right anarchy, because there are people who are simply you know they're just prejudiced towards people who think differently, but it's not race. I think the definition you said people who are people who are think more superior because of race. Mm-hmm. I think the word race is a key word in that definition. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, yeah, but I think a lot of uh, that one uh, example what Justin talks about with the Egyptians. It was the Egyptians versus the Jews and the Hebrews. Mm-hmm. All right, there was a specific reason why the where the Jews and Hebrews were enslaved, rather than of course the Egyptians, which was like oh it's our land because mm-hmm. so um, you know and to that I think fits the definition of racism. But mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of times it's just pure prejudice, like anarchy or something towards someone who uh, I would say nationalist in a way yeah. sort of thing. And you guys know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know right. what you're saying. So, uh, but the proper word wouldn't be anarchy. Yeah, because I'm anarchy not sure. is like where people just rising up against the power and they just want to, everybody wants to be in charge or something like that. It's mm-hmm. no order. So there yeah. can't be anarchy. You can't but, think of the word. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're trying to say, but the, the thing is, is that, you know, it comes out of a superiority complex. That's right. what it comes out of. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, um, when we look at, the 150 years that led up till now where we are what is it that we can look at and say you know these are the ways that we can overcome that wow and i'm gonna tell you the first thing is it has to start in school in the home in home home and school yeah those two combine and the reason why i say that is because at home you can tell your kids let's say let's just say we tell our kids that God created the earth, but then they go to school and they say, well, we came out of this big bang and amoeba form and, you know, <laughs> okay, so now they got a conflict of what's yeah. being taught at school and home. Yeah, right. Okay, so now they got to decide which one is really right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they can both be right. Exactly. So now when it comes down to, let's say, for instance, racism, one of the things that I found in our textbooks, and all of us can agree, I believe, on this is that we don't see the full truth of our history in America. Mm-hmm. We see bits and pieces of it. It's like the sanitized pieces that they want us to see yeah. because they don't want the real reality of how how like horrible the existence was, but rather right. you know, when it comes down to and I'm just, you know, I'm gonna say it like it is. We can talk about the atrocities of the Holocaust 
and we'll bring that out to the forefront and say this is how it happened this is what they did to them all that kind of stuff but when it comes to slavery in America, they don't want to talk about that. Yeah, they act like, oh, much. well, you know, slavery happened 400 years. Okay, so, um, and then after that, then we, you know, yeah. like, wait a little hold up. Yeah, right. What happened during slavery? <laughs> during slavery, exactly. Y'all just act like it just went past in a day or something. Or it was like, oh, this is 400 years. The Industrial Revolution <laughs> happened, yet, like, oh, there was still, you know, slavery. It's exactly. like, uh, do you guys not remember slavery? I was like, oh, no, but the big highlight, but the big headlines at the time was the Industrial Revolution. The invention of the steam engine. I'm like, okay, whatever. So you know, in other words, they try to they try to minimize yeah. and marginalize something or, that happened. You know, kind of sugarcoat it. Exactly. I think a lot of people also don't know that you know how liberals you know they're like that's the party of the Democratic Party. But back in the day, the Democratic Party was the one who are the racist in our country, and it was mm -hmm. the Republican Party who was opting out to remove racism. Mm -hmm. And now it's just how funny it's like somehow the demographics are just kind of switched between the parties but it's like and so it's like i don't think a lot of people knew that the democratic party was the was the racist party during the civil war era yeah that it's kind of yeah, interesting how the republican like party was that the party of Ab abraham lincoln people didn't know that people were just like no that has to be the democratic party i'm like no it was different back in the day i don't know so, how yeah so um so getting to there's a subject i wanted to bring up you said that um you had ideas of how to bring certain kinds of changes or like, right. you know doing stuff for the city so yeah. talk about some of those yeah. things I was going to like you you kind of already mentioned it starting with school I think um, I'm really so my idea is I think since it's like you know if they don't target racism in particular they just target I think inequality in the city in general I think that's regardless of all uh, of all races and um, I think it really you know there's just groups of people who are just more who are just less fortunate and poorer than others and they don't have the benefits as that more wealthy people who live in the downtown areas or the waterfronts, like, or live in the nice houses in the country. They just don't have the benefits. They don't have the car, the transportation, stuff like that. So those are the key, two uh, key main areas. So here's the thing. Like, I'm really interested in urban development. When people talk about gentrification, people are sensitive about the word. I'm not sure if I think I wanted to touch upon this last time. It's the mm -hmm. word gentrification. It's like you go to New York City and Washington D.C. People are sensitive by that word, and I'm you like, know Yo, why? why not? Yeah, because it's like people think that gentrification means to make rich. All right, which I mean, you know, if you think technically, it's nothing wrong with that, but it's almost always benefited people who all have the money, which in this case have generally been white people. Or so people. let's read the definition. I want to read this definition because it's going to be important. Yeah, gentrification says the process of renovating and improving a house or district so that it conforms to middle-class taste. Oh, boy. Then another definition says, the process of making a person or activity more refined or polite. So that first one is the one that we're talking about in the cities Yeah. right now. Um, but let's talk about the reality of what we see that causes people to believe it's a bad mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Now, let's talk about that first. Mm-hmm. Justin, I want you to address that first. Can you Hold talk about Levi, it? Okay, Levi. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, it was kind of it was kind of interesting. I was in a, I was in New York City, Pat, um, uh, this past week. It was kind of kind of this weird uh, conversation. I was out I was out in uh, one of the markets and I was buying I was buying some records, and I whenever I'm in a new city, I always ask, Hey, what's what's a someplace tourist don't go? Just give me, yeah. give me something. 
and I kind of struck up the conversation with this woman who was who saw the records, and she brought up, she's like, here's the thing, NYC, or at least Manhattan, is kind of dry for that. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, I was kind of curious, and she's like, "Well, here's the thing. You get a lot of you get a lot of people who move here for the city lifestyle, and they say, eh, this isn't for me.' So they pour enough money into it that they make it nice for them and their friends, and then, well, sorry, too it's too expensive to live in Manhattan anymore, and all the things that are interesting or a little off the beaten path, they go over." into the Bronx, or Brooklyn, or somewhere else. So it's like, she just kind of shrugged, and she's like, on the main island? There's not much. Hmm. There's not there's not much that you can see that is genuinely unique that I could say, tourists don't go here, because the entire <laughs> island has been reinvented <laughs> by people that are wealthy, that have wanted to say... I want the city experience. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you get that many people with that much money in one area, to culture this. splits. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Culture yeah. has to head for the hills because it can't live there anymore. Mm-hmm. Because it's not polite. Because it's not middle class. Right. Wow. Um, Which is, I know, exactly what you're saying. And, that, yeah. and that's what was kind of fascinating to me about, about Baltimore. About where we still live because... I can still go around the city and still see the culture of the place. Yeah, uh-huh. You can still be around and you can still go with to you can still go to neighborhoods with dive bars and whatever and just mm-hmm. kind of and just kind of be in that place mm-hmm. and being that culture. You can see the art and everything else. Right. Because it hasn't been taken over right. in in that incorrect way. Yeah. It hasn't it hasn't been it hasn't been gentrified and in that negative aspect where New York City, or at least Manhattan, definitely has. Well, from what I hear, Brooklyn's got the same thing going on. Yeah, same thing going on, Uh, exactly. Brooklyn and Harlem, because Harlem's where the Clintons went, Mm. and they started kind of bringing some kind of element there that started messing that up for people. Yeah, same with Queens as well. Brooklyn has that whole thing where it's almost like the new Manhattan Mm. or whatever. You know, it's just crazy how... Things have changed because I remember, if you look back 20 years ago, I remember when Brooklyn had a bad reputation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Especially certain parts of Brooklyn. Bed-Stuy, Flatbush, you know, there's a certain parts that just had a really bad reputation. And now all of a sudden it's like, that's the place to go now. And the hippies yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Oh, exactly. And so, but here's tech, the thing the that I people. see in the city, for instance, Baltimore City. Is that and I and really to be honest, it's in all of the major cities on the East Coast. I'm gonna tell you like it is. Mm-hmm. All of the major cities on the East Coast are yeah. doing this, specifically from DC on up. Yeah. Okay. They have purposefully done something where certain people they had the mindset of we can buy all this property because it's real cheap, and then what we'll do is we'll rebuild this stuff and then we make it really expensive and then it drives everybody else out. You know what I'm saying? And now we got these people coming in. So it's been specifically done for that purpose. And what I'm saying is it's happening in all the major cities. They're doing it in Philly, Mm. New York. They're doing it here. They're doing it in Boston. You know what I'm saying? All those places. And the thing about it is, um, and it's kind of like, but then you'll still hear about, okay, now I'll give you a good example. 
Canton and um, Fells Point, those areas, even Federal Hill, if you went back in time 40 years ago, maybe 50, mm -hmm. those are bad areas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the areas you didn't want to be in. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, it's the, that's the place where all the, the yuppies all the and all the people, they want to go there. Little, and that's supposed be. to be the place to go yeah. and all that. Now, I'm going to tell you something that I really, this is where I'm kind of like, um, it's like we, we need to talk about preservation, okay? For instance, I love the fact that we can have a little Italy, that we can have a Greek town, that we can have a, um, I don't know if we have any other groups that we even, you know, point out like that in the city. I don't right. think we have that. But we do have different names for different parts of the city. And those different parts of the city are known for certain things. Mm -hmm. Now, I like that. I like the fact that we have certain parts that are known for certain things. I like it, the fact that I could go to D.C. and they have a Chinatown in D.C. Mm -hmm. I know I could get some good Chinese food in that area. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, like, there is a, there is a positive side of being able to say, I know where to go get this. I know where to go get mm -hmm. that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a positive side to that. Where I feel like is a problem is when people try to make something in a negative sense, saying that, man, well, you know, if you're gonna go over there, then that's what's gonna be. You know what I mean? Like trying to, yeah, you know, know, like make something to so, be yeah. negative. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what we're seeing in the cities with right. the gentrification yeah. is that it's kind of eliminating culture, like you were saying. Mm, right. It's eliminating that ability to say, man, where do you go get this kind of food? Go over here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or whatever the case. And that's not a bad thing to be able to say you get it here or you get that there. You know, I, I like that, that you can do that. I think that that's part of what makes us unique in America, that we do have those various groups of people and the various types of food and whatnot. Various and the different types of cultures and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have a Greek festival. Well, you know where to go for the Greek festival. There's no question. Go to Greek town. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oktoberfest, go down here, whatever, stuff like that. So I think that what, what we really need to talk about in a sense is like, let us have a upgrade to what we already have. Yes. Instead of you eliminating what's there. I was literally you see what I'm gonna, saying? Yes, I was literally so going to say that. I, and, I, and I mean, the thing is, it's like, People are drawn to people that are similar. I mean, mm -hmm. that, there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. Families stick together, and mm -hmm. every right. And when you when you have a when you have people around you that are that have a similar mindset, that of course people end up in the same neighborhood mm -hmm. as each other. I mean, yeah. and in the and in the some of those cases, well, they were pushed uh, into certain neighborhoods because. Well, that was a that was lower income, and when people were coming off the boat, maybe they didn't have enough money. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I feel in this modern age, something that was kind of set in stone because of that can yeah. be has been made into something good. Wow. And can be and can be made into something good. The fact mm -hmm. is, it's like little Italy. You have a, it's like that large Italian population probably wasn't there by choice. Mm -hmm. It just mm -hmm. so happened that you know. When you get off the boat, you don't really, you don't know as many people, and mm -hmm. this guy speaks the same language as me, and I guess we're living in the same place because none of us have money, mm -hmm. and now it's a thing, yeah. uh -huh. because it, now the culture has been imbued into that area, right. and it's something, 
And it's something that's so interesting. It's about, it's not about just, it's not about just throwing money at something until it, until it's nice for, for everyone else. It's just, it's about taking something and raising it up and saying, and saying, look, we're not here, we're not here to, to upgrade the buildings and move in people from elsewhere. We're here to say, look, we can help you mm-hmm. keep your community exactly. come on exactly. and uh, and have your and community be something cooler. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. The, so, and yeah. that's what gentrification to me should be about. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, mm-hmm. Not not this idea, and I'm gonna tell you the idea yeah. that most people, specifically who are African American, what they hear when they hear gentrification. Mm-hmm. I'll let Justin speak to that. What? Do you know what I'm talking about, Justin? No. Okay, I'll speak to it then. <laughs> the African-American people that I've spoken to, what they hear is they're driving the black people out. That's what they hear. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, right. they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to gentrify. Get rid of them and put them in the county and we'll be in the city. Because right. you know, Baltimore City, just like a lot of major cities, used to be more populated. It was yeah. over a million people in Baltimore at one yeah. time. Same with like And the reason why is because... The thing about it was when people uh, were here back then, it was uh, more of an industrial city. There was Bethlehem Steel. There was that place called Grace, which is a chemical plant down yeah. there by the water. Sparrow's Point. Was, yeah, Sparrow's Point is Bethlehem Steel. Oh, okay, and then yeah. they had other places that were big on you know manufacturing and, and just a blue-collar worker who could also have a good-paying job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what was going on back in the day. And then what happened was, over time, those kind of jobs started dissipating. And now the blue-collar worker was having a harder time finding something that was really going to be able to hold their family together financially and stuff like that. But here, at the same time, when there were certain things going on, because I know in my family, I've seen this in my family. My grandfather worked at Bethlehem Steel. He was making good money. They were getting nice cars and all this kind of stuff. They had a nice place to live and all those kind of things. And back in that time when they were doing that, Edmondson Village, which is now called The Village, it was known as a kind of an affluent area for African Americans that were living there. Mm -hmm. But now it's become known as this place that's like what we call hood, ghetto. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it used to be. And all the people... The older people that still live in that area, they tell, when I used to live over there, they used to tell me, man, it, it ain't nothing like it used to be around here. They got all these people moving here that are renters, and they don't care about their property. They don't care about this and that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a mentality oh, that crept in mm-hmm. that caused neighborhoods to go downhill. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think so. I want to say this. Okay, look, I really think it's like the people in power sometimes just don't do a good job of it. Like, let's just be real, okay? Here, I mean, I would just bring up a very foreign example. India. The, India and Pakistan used to be one country. I'm not yeah, sure if you yeah, guys knew that. Yeah, and yeah, the reason yeah. why I got split is because when Britain, yeah, I know Levi, it's like, you know it. And then the reason why I got split is because Britain, it was like, okay, we can't no longer afford to hold on to India anymore. But and it, but it was supposed to take five years to eventually 
let India become transition into an independent country. But then I think the pri I think it was like the the prince of India, the prince of um a prince of uh, UK came in and he was like, okay, well, let, just like you know, not spend five years, let's just spend it in five months instead. So it was so expedited that they hastily drew a border where the Hindus were on one side and then the Muslim was on the other. They just was like, okay, the Muslim majority in Pakistan. Or will be here, and then the Hindu majority will be in India, and then they just split it just like that. Um, if you notice that on the border between Pakistan and India, a lot of mixture. There was a lot of people who were Muslim and Hindus living together, and they really liked that lifestyle. So when they suddenly drew that border, it was like your next door neighbor suddenly became the like like the, the citizen of a different country yeah. exactly and if you notice there are still celebrations on the border where people from pakistan and india come in they meet at the border and they just celebrate it's kind of fun mm -hmm. but of course the government say like no the pakistan is their enemy because they took this territory near tibet and we're fighting for that so there's still war going on there what is it i think it's the karachi pro uh, karachi province you know. what's good fam it's your man norm here are you following us on social media yet? If not, you may find us on all of the major social platforms such as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and even LinkedIn. Find us at New Numa. That's P-N-E-U-P-N-E-U-M-A. From there, you may find myself and Justin and follow our personal accounts also. As you know, feedback helps everyone grow and we need your feedback. If you want to join our team, have suggestions on how we may improve, if you want to be interviewed by us, or if you have someone you would like for us to interview, please email us at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, if you would like to see our podcast grow to that next level, you may also give financially to the cause whenever you feel like it by going to our anchor.fm page, clicking on the button that says support this podcast. We will greatly appreciate you sowing into the vision to help us spread the good news about the truth of God's kingdom worldwide. Thanks for your support and keep it locked right here.